Welcome back to another episode of Inside Voices, a teacher podcast made by teachers for teachers, where we look at all things education, from beyond the textbook to STEM in the classroom. I'm your host, David. And I'm Laura. And remember, in here, we use our Inside Voices. On this week's episode, we're talking about STEM and education, but let's address the elephant in the room before we do so. The spot in between my eyebrows. Did you notice it? Is this actually how we're starting this? <laughs> I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> Are you joking? Did you notice it though? No. Okay, good. The glasses are hiding it. That thing has been bugging me for like four days. Yeah, STEM in the classroom. Do you have any experience teaching STEM? Any experience um, leading it in the school? So STEM is obviously quite a broad um, subject, but it's one that I think you and I are both pretty passionate about. It's one that I like to integrate into almost everything I do rather than it being an an isolation topic. Obviously, sometimes we do a science topic or we'll do a technology topic, of course, but it's something that I think is just embedded to kind of the everyday life in my classroom at this point. Um, I am the digital lead for our school, so I kind of take care of that side of things. Um, With STEM, obviously, you're involved in that as well. So STEM is something that I didn't really get the experience of doing in school, but now it's kind of everywhere, I would say. Yeah, and I think we take a step back and we explain maybe what STEM actually is, just for anyone that isn't aware. So in schools, we lead STEM now, and you hear about it in life as well. It's not something that's just in schools, but it's science, technologies, engineering and maths, and it's all rolled into one. You were saying earlier, sometimes you hear of it being called STEAM because some people think the arts should be in there as well um, because it's all linked in. For example, if you're an architect, yes, you're using engineering principles and maths all the time, but You've also got to have a kind of artistic eye. So in our school, we call it STEM. Some people call it STEAM. And we kind of run it that way. Um, And it's something that's come in recently, in the last 10, 15 years, maybe. Do you know why it started to come in? Do you like know what the history of it is? I think a lot of it was as well about promoting people going into those types of jobs because we're seeing a real dip in people going into jobs in the STEM industries especially we're seeing younger ones drop off from like stem based degrees um stem based sort of apprenticeships we're seeing quite a big decline i know when i started teaching there was uh, an additional i don't know if they still do it but there was an additional sort of pay bonus it wasn't much but there was an additional pay bonus of people who were going into a stem related subject not in primary sector but in the high school sector um but i've never you know fully looked into it but i think that maybe maybe the sort of reasoning of it coming up now. Yeah, and I think another reason was there's been big pushes from the government because um, obviously our economy's kind of moved away from like manufacturing things, things like that have moved out into the Middle East or into into Asia generally. And all of that kind of workforce that was originally in the UK has kind of been um, outsourced to other countries. And what our economy's now moved towards is people working in those kind of sectors of engineering and maths and and those sectors that aren't necessarily producing physical things like manufacturing, but are producing those other um, services. So finances and like engineers and things like that. So that is a huge, um, and obviously the science sector is huge as well. That is a huge uh, push from governments. And I think that's filtered its way down into schools. So what is one thing in STEM that you like to do every week in school? Is there anything that you kind of 
have embedded you said it was embedded in your practice is there something and this isn't a test because I run STEM in the school this isn't <laughs> like what are you doing but is there something that you maybe do every week so that benefits I always in my class every week whether it's like a little quick morning starter question or something we do at the end of the day it's a scientific thinking question of some sort and it can be any sort of scientific questioning so when I'm talking about scientific questioning I don't mean I'm going to ask tell me about how many chambers are in the heart no I mean like reasoning for example because a lot of the time we talk to the children about growth mindset but we don't show it in an actual light of you know that this scientist who has created or discovered something they've not just discovered it in five minutes they've failed hundreds of times they have to use scientific thinking they have to use reasoning to get to their end point and I think it's a skill that's really, really important for children to practice is their reasoning or their scientific thinking skills. So um, I had shown a website a while ago uh, called Explorify and, and that web's on that website, sorry, it's all about promoting higher order thinking skills and supporting scientific thinking. So there's loads and loads of features on it. One of the best ones I think is the zoom in, zoom out feature. So for example, one of them is a, it's a zoomed in picture, really, really close, really high quality camera. And you just ask the children, what do you think this is? And there's so many topics. So if you're doing, for example, a biology topic and you're looking at, you know, ocean animals, for example, or the ocean, there'll be an image you can click on that's related to that. And the thinking behind that is amazing. So they go into kind of small groups, break out into them. Well, I think this is a dolphin because I know the texture of dolphin skin is smooth or like looks like this or I think this could be. And they go through all their sort of logic and they, they talk about it out loud. They communicate with people they maybe wouldn't normally communicate with. And then you can kind of zoom out as you go. And it's usually, sometimes they work out what it is straight away, but usually it's quite surprising what the actual image is. Or maybe they just have a big question up on the board and they give you sort of all the step-by-step -step things you need as a teacher to walk you through it. So if you're not confident, it's a great one to use because you have all the information and the also the scientific sort of knowledge behind it as well. So it explains, for example, one of the ones I did was a light bulb and then under it had all the sort of scientific methodology and sort of jargon that you needed to explain it to the children well yeah. and to understand it yourself. But reasoning and scientific thinking is such a, an important skill. You use it the whole way through your life. It's something I like to just put in there, whether the children know that's what they're doing or not. I don't explicitly say, this is scientific thinking. We are doing reasoning. Yeah. It's just something we do every week. And I find it to be really beneficial. I don't know if you do anything in your class that you would say no, I think No, I think you've touched on something there that's really interesting. So when... You talk about STEM, people think, how on earth am I going to fit all of that into my curriculum? You know, I've already got science and technologies in the curriculum. I've already got maths as its own big curriculum organiser. How on earth can I fit a whole nother thing in? But you're right, it's embedding it into your everyday with small things. I always encourage the people in our school that STEM doesn't have to be these massive, big, you know, dynamic projects. STEM can be your opener it can be your starter for your day it can be something like your finisher at the end of a day it can be a five minute thing and it can work on those skills those scientific thinking skills it can work on problem solving it can work on okay here is a small build how are you going to solve this problem um for these people and it's a lot of like real life stuff which i love and they all kind of mingle in as well for me, I tend to do it in a little bit more of a freer way at the moment. Um, so, for example, in my class, I've got kind of 
buckets of things up the back and I've got these tables up the back that children can go and explore at the moment. And as the year goes on, I'm going to be drip feeding them a little bit more um, as we go on with challenges and cards and things like that. But they can build with those things. Uh, they can answer questions. They can research that kind of thing. But the favourite, the most, my most favourite thing that I've done with my class is like a, uh, an exploring box with old tech. And I did this a couple of years ago and every year I update it with old stuff from parents. I love it. They basically bring in all their old junk and the kids get to take it apart with screwdrivers and tools and they just explore all this old tech. I remember there was a, a tape recorder, like a cassette player, like a Walkman. Yeah. And I used to have one when I was young and I showed it to them and they literally had no idea what it was. <gasps> They've Not never had clue. the experience of it being... On a long car journey and someone goes over a bump and uh -huh. it skips and you're so frustrated. <laughs> and I had to explain to them, like, you had to get a pencil and, like, <laughs> twist it back up. They didn't have a clue. They also had never seen a CD, like a portable CD player. They'd never seen one of them, but they took it all apart and it was great. You know what they'd, they'd also never seen? Someone brought in an old Blackberry. And that was in my box. It's still there. And I said, listen, I had this in high school. That was like 10 years ago. It's not even that. And they had never seen a phone with so many buttons. <laughs> it doesn't have a touch screen. What are you talking about? And I thought I was so cool having a Blackberry in high school as well. But that is, the, I love that because it's free. And basically you just have it at the back of your class. It's a big box and they just go and explore whenever yeah. they've got free 10 minutes or something. And children love that. They're so creative as well. I remember we took part and when we were stage partners a couple of years ago, um, we set all of our students the challenge of, I can't remember what it was called. It was like the Become an Engineer challenge. Um, Primary Engineering did it. I'm yeah, sure I forgot it was about them. that. And I still remember one of the inventions. So the idea was you came up with an invention that was designed to help somebody. And I remember one of the inventions that one of the children came up with was a toothbrush that brushed the top and the bottom teeth at the same time. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. And I, I just don't. thought, that is so brilliant. I love it. I don't know if it would work in principle, but what a cracking idea. You know, people yeah. love to save time. If I can brush the top and bottom teeth <laughs> at the same time, I'm sold. Like, that sounds brilliant. You know, yeah. I think that is such a great idea and something I never would have come up with. But you're right. It's just about exploding, isn't it? A lot of it is just take your ideas, run with it. And then, of course, you've got the sort of scientific and the engineering and the technology all behind it and the mathematics all behind it. But it is a lot of just, what do you think? Like, take it and run. Yeah. See what you come up with. Yeah. So I was going to ask you if you've got a personal preference on this because... There are four things, science, technology, engineering and maths in STEM. And in an ideal world, they all get included equally and they all get brought into your classroom and you deliver them as much as you can. But I don't think that happens. In my personal experience, that's not happened. They, they come in different, you know, sometimes you have more science kind of with your curriculum. Sometimes you've got more technologies and things. Is there one that you would say is kind of left to the side because of another major I'm not trying to like steer you in a direction here, but I know we've had a conversation about this. Is there one part of it that kind of gets left to the side that maybe you think could be included more in that STEM? I think that engineering is probably the one that gets... Not, not the one I was thinking really? of. <laughs> not pushed to the side, but... But I think you're right, go on. You know, maths, we do it every day. But also the maths that you're doing every day is sometimes just sort of you're right or you're wrong. And there we go. That's exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> Rather than it being, you know, your problem solving approach. And we've we've obviously spoken before about having we had like maths trios when we taught together, um, which was a sort of half hour. It wasn't long. It was I think we gave did we give them half an hour? 
to solve some sort of problem solving question that we'd put on the board and they worked in trios, mixed ability, people that they maybe didn't often work with um, and they had to just reason with each other to try and get through this problem. But I think engineering is quite often left out because I think a lot of the time people think that engineering is you have to have all these grand resources to go out and be able to do engineering in your classroom. Like You have to have all of these things. But when I'm talking about that engineering thing that we did, it was truly a bit of pen and paper and come up with an invention. That is engineering. Mm-hmm. You know, that's creating something, it's problem solving, and then they could build a model out of paper or junk modeling. Like That's all part of it. But I think a lot of the time people think you need tons of expensive resources to do engineering, but you don't actually. So I think those two... Yeah. To a certain extent? I think I would have to agree with you. Engineering is one that's maybe not explicitly taught as well as science and technologies because, I mean, science, you've got all your science stuff in your school um, regardless of the state of what that stuff looks like. You've probably got some stuff and you've probably taught science. Technology's exactly the same. You've got your laptops, your computers, your coding, that kind of thing. Engineering is actually involved in a lot of those things and we just necessarily don't teach it as explicitly. But personally, I think I've used engineering a lot recently with our outdoor materials, building, exploring, that kind of thing. But I think we spoke about maths in a way. Maths is always kind of kept itself. It's always that, right, we'll do maths, we'll do literacy, and then we'll do our topic, and that might be science. Whereas actually, maths should be integrated into this STEM idea as well. Not necessarily your numeracy, but more kind of your your maths side of things, your your area, your perimeter, your shape, your position, your movement, your coordinates, all those things come into your STEM. And I think we need to get better and I need to get better at integrating that in more. And I think part of that is teachers and pupils being having this kind of hesitancy with maths Yeah, sometimes. I've read online that it's called maths anxiety. Have you heard yeah. of that? And especially in Scotland, I think we... We're at a training recently where they said in Scotland particularly, maths anxiety is a really big thing in this country and it's a lot of people are frightened of it. Now, I say frightened of maths as if it's a ghost and it's going to jump out the cupboard at you. Like I don't mean it in that way. I mean they get anxious about situations that involve maths and if you think about it, every single day you're using it to work out the time it's going to take you to get somewhere. You're using it to work out how much your shopping is going to cost and if these situations are you know, creating anxieties for people, that would be such a stressful day for someone who's anxious about all of those situations. But it is, you're absolutely right. It's a real um, problem that we're facing. It's something that I said in Scotland is a particular issue, but it's definitely something that we're, we're addressing in schools as, as much as we can. Yeah. And uh, the reason I brought that up is because I was reading an article about this and they had a great quote in it that I kind of wanted to tell you. And it said, it just kind of opened it to me a little bit. Um, It said, it's peculiar, I'm just going to read it. It's peculiar that individuals who cannot read are often ashamed of this. However, many individuals are quick to admit that they're not good at maths. And I think that speaks to the, you always say, oh, I'm not, I've not got a maths brain. Oh, I can't do maths. I I always have, I always had an English brain and that's kind of not really a thing. Yeah. And people use it as an excuse because they've had bad experiences of maths in school. There was another quote from that article, which I found really challenging, actually, and kind of opened my eyes a little bit to what actually the fix to this solution uh, to this problem is. The fix to this problem is, it says, the way we fix math anxiety in our schools, to put it simply, better teaching. Mm. And I was like, okay, 
that challenged it a bit because I thought a lot of people have probably got maths anxiety because of their experiences in school. Sit down with a textbook, you get it wrong. Yeah, you're you get labeled. a big red page. Yeah. yeah, you've got big red crosses everywhere. But actually, it is the job mainly. There's obviously the people involved in there as well, but it's the job of the teacher to bring that to life for a child and to make it real for them uh, in their life. And I think that's where the STEM stuff comes in. Yep. Like what you're talking about, the everyday problems, the everyday problem solving that comes into it. So that in mind, I know we've spoken about the kind of the daily, the questions, that kind of thing, the putting it in with your questioning and the small ways you can involve STEM. Is there any projects that you've done that would be open to other people that were big projects like mega STEM stuff that you've done in recent years? So we completed a project. Um, obviously, you're the, the STEM lead for the school, so you sort of arranged all the, the logistics of things. <laughs> yeah. Thank well. you for that. <laughs> um, and it was in partnership with the Royal Navy. And we went and worked with the Navy on a whole ton of things. I mean, we had the time of our lives. So the Navy came out and they worked with the classes um, on designing a sort of was it a dry sled slope, essentially a ramp for people who are doing um, it was luge, luge wasn't mm-hmm. it? The luge ramp. So luge is like what you see at the Winter Olympics. They go down this sort of ice slope, if you will. And there was so much integrated in it. So they had to look at the sort of, they gave us kits to build model ramps and they put little cars down it but obviously they were looking at the sort of the degrees of the angles of the ramps if it's too steep if it's not steep enough they had to look at speed distance time friction they, that yeah, kind of thing all these amazing aspects of the design process which involved everything in stem and it was phenomenal it was so good and at the end of it we got to go and see this luge ramp built and watch someone go down it and there was a big like celebration day and it was Do you remember so good what actually happened what say. <laughs> Do you remember? Ah, I totally forgotten about that until the minute you said we got to go and see it. So we were standing, right? The two of us and all of our children, what was it, eighty kids or something? Yeah. There. Less than that. Seventy kids, something like that. And we're all standing there. Oh no, because there was was other schools. Yeah. And this guy gets at the top of the ramp and he's like an Olympic athlete or something and he <laughs> I totally forgot about this and he went flying down this ramp just onto a road and this randomer was just walking by this just random guy I think it was she was coming out of oh, class it was, it was a girl because we were at yeah because it was a university and she was just coming out of class and this thing went flying at her and it genuinely missed he had to like swerve out the way and everything and she got the fright of her life I totally forgot about that. She was not that. expecting that when she came out of her like politics class, you know, to be swiped out by a luge the in the middle of the car park. And all the kids were laughing and everything. And we were, and we were like, you have to behave, you have to behave. Like, that's not very kind. Inside, I was dying with laughter. I thought that was so funny. But, but it was yeah. an amazing, it was an amazing project. Like, the oh, things that project we was learned, amazing. Yeah. The, there was one where they had, do you remember they were, when they came in, they were connecting all of the different hydraulics. Um, yes. tubes and it was, I had so much fun doing that as well and it really it challenged my thinking but some of the children were able to do it so quickly so quickly but opportunities like that are everywhere because they're right now well funded because we're trying to promote STEM in the classroom so like CERC for example is a fantastic website to look at if you're in Scotland they have a ton of STEM courses that you can go on funded yep and they send out kits and stuff you as get, well yeah you get kits that you need we touched on this in the first episode when I spoke about VEX Robotics that course was fully funded. We have VEX school kits now in the school that we can use. I'm now fully trained on that. And it was the best day 
ever. It was the best professional development ever. And Cirque do a ton of them. Yeah, and I think companies particularly, and we'll speak about this as well, companies are really keen to get into schools as well, especially tech firms. So, for example, we ran a STEM day uh, last year and we'll be doing it again this year. And it was a careers day, really, wasn't it? I mean, a lot of STEM um, parents came in that worked in STEM and, and they came in and did an amazing day for the children where they came in and spoke about their careers, how they got into those careers and then brought in different things. I mean, we had engineers, we had people that worked in kind of pharmaceuticals come in. We had all different people. We had staging as well, like staging for shows. Yeah, that was such an interesting Which is not a side one. that children ever get to see, you know, they go, and we had just been to the pantomime at that point or we were just going to the pantomime. Uh-huh. So it was nice for them to see, well, I watched this brilliant show on the stage but here is everything that goes on behind the scenes yeah. and they were amazed by it. They were truly... Absolutely. And so, yeah, we can do those big projects with the Royal Navy and the Royal Society. And by the way, I didn't actually do all of the work for that. <laughs> it was another person, but I'm not going to name them. But um, we didn't... Like, we can do those massive projects, which are great for the school. You get all these things. We got a 3D printer out of that. I mean, they just fund... They have so much funding going on in the Royal Society. But you can also do things that cost nothing. Yeah. For example bringing parents in for a STEM day. That was one of the most beneficial things because we did a survey and at the start, not many of my class in primary six, I think we surveyed, weren't really interested in STEM careers, didn't know many. They just wrote like scientists or something. And by the end of it, they were just obsessed. And they all wanted to be, they all wanted to be some kind of helicopter pilot. They wanted to be a stage designer. They knew so much more about all of these different careers. And I just thought that was so valuable and it cost us literally nothing. It just took time to organize. I was sitting in the back asking questions about the plane engines. That was so interesting. There was someone who came in, you know, worked as an engineer on on designing plane engines. And I have a lot of questions about planes because those (laughs) things, they blow my mind. So I was having the best time. But it was interesting because there was children who were like, oh, I'm not, you know, I don't know much about airplanes. I've not been on an airplane. But they had so many questions by the end of it. You're right. And it just triggers something in there that goes, oh, but what about this? What about this? And wonder is a massive part of STEM. I wonder. Go yeah. and ask. Figure it out. Work it out. What can you do to get to your answer? Maybe there isn't an answer. Who knows? And obviously, we've spoken about the big projects and the kind of the STEM days that you've brought in, brought in and you've organised and things. Um, but there has been any... Li- sort of we've gone in the middle now any sort of middle projects that you've done so not massive not a sort of free coming in asking people to come in just something in the middle that you've enjoyed yeah this this one really worked for me so we had an environmental kind of project going on I think we were even looking for our eco flag at this point and again it all ties in you can just kind of bring it right round or it was a topic I can't really remember renewable energy that was it yeah oh do you know what it was it was the COP26 wasn't it yeah it was around that time and we were just kind of stuck for a lesson that day. And so what I decided, I think I got it online. I can't remember. I wouldn't know who to credit for it. But basically we wanted to show the environmental impact of mining. I think that was what we were looking at. And so instead of just like Googling it and researching and making a pamphlet or whatever, you know, like the kind of normal stuff you would do, we got chocolate chip cookies and we got... I think it was cocktail sticks. So really inexpensive. I just went to the shop and got some chocolate chip cookies and so there was like one between two and then some uh, cocktail sticks and they had to basically get all the chocolate chips out the quickest and see who could do it now it was really interesting because a lot of them tried to preserve their cookies so they were like picking these wee chocolate yeah they were so (laughs) delicate they were picking these wee chocolate chips out but there was one that got it he got the 
he went for it and he literally destroyed that thing and pushed all the chocolate chips to the side and he won within like a minute and the rest of them didn't get it. They kept going and they genuinely let them go for what, 20 minutes or something? And it was such a good visual because basically his environment, his cookie, was completely destroyed but he had all of his mining, his his chocolate chips, and the rest of them were going so delicately. Yeah, and I think we it was got oil extraction, wasn't it? That was what we were looking at. Yeah, so you can just apply it to anything really, can't you? And we just spun it and gave this great visual for the children that they were able to see, look, this is the environmental impact on mining or digging up oil or whatever. You can't put the environment back together. It looks like this afterwards, you know, that kind of thing. And that was using STEM in such a quick 20, half, 20 minutes, half an hour away just to visualise a point really. Yeah. So I think there are those medium ways you can do it where yes it's still inexpensive but it, it's a little bit more hands on. It's not just building an aeroplane or some, a paper aeroplane or something <laughs> like that which is kind of the classic or get the spaghetti out and how tall can you make a tower you know. It's that kind of medium okay there's a little bit more to this we're actually learning it and it's cross curricular or it's interdisciplinary as well. So I think there's like lots of ways that you can bring STEM yep. into the classroom. I think what you've said is really important for people to remember that it's it's everywhere. It's not a sort of isolated, although you can teach your science topics, your technology isolated, of and course. you do need to, there's a place for it. STEM is something that is so broad. You can embed it into everything. Like you said, cross-curricular links are always there with STEM, but also in STEM, I think part of the amazement of it and part of the joy children get from it is that there's so many answers. Yep. So if you're not that confident, like we spoke earlier, I don't have a lot or didn't have a lot of confidence in maths and <laughs> teaching maths. I really struggled when I started teaching. I actually considered not even teaching because I was like, I can't do this. I cannot do this. And What was it particularly that you struggled with? Times tables. <laughs> I still find them difficult. Catch me getting sweaty palms. <laughs> but don't be scared of it because... It's okay to just say, well, I don't know the answer. Let's go find out. Because that's the whole point of STEM is find out together. Go and work it out. Challenge yourselves, question yourselves. Yep. And that goes for the teacher, the practitioner as well. Because even if there's a science topic I'm not that confident in and I'm teaching it, I love learning about it. I think it's so interesting. So I like finding out myself, even if I don't know. Because there's so many questions they can ask you. You probably won't know the answer to every single one. I certainly don't. So the cross-curricular link of World War II, for example, there's so many different things that you can use stem in world war ii for for example we built an anderson shelter didn't we and and that was such a good thing for them to do they had to design it they had to go through the whole engineering process will it withstand whatever it has to withstand and they absolutely loved that project and it was totally linked in with my social subjects so you're right stem can be something that is completely embedded into your everyday but also into your cross-curricular links and you're interdisciplinary. And then if you want to go even another level up, you do these big projects, which are everywhere. They're, they're out there. You just need to kind of go and find them. If you want to find any of those big projects, um, the Royal Society is a great one to go to. CERC, as we've spoken about already in Scotland. So this is kind of Scotland based. And STEM.org as well that we've used before has lots of different projects. Amazon have a lot of funding for schools and so do Lego. So you, you really can look at all these companies and think, okay, I'm going to go and make use of what they've got yeah. available. Big pharmaceutical companies, we've got ones next to us and they even want to come in and do STEM stuff with the schools. So most of these companies have budgets for it and they want in and you just kind of need to approach them and ask. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Inside Voices. Come back next week where we're going to be talking about the power of relationships in education. And remember, in here, we use our Inside Voices. Oh,